As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, Dad. Hey, Maggie. I, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> I have a question for you. Okay. I have an answer for you. Okay. What is your favorite Christmas song? Mmm. Sleigh Bells. Two, oh. Is that a song? Sleigh Ride. Sleigh, Sleigh Ride. Ring, That's what it is. Sleigh, Sleigh Ride. Is that one? Sleigh no, Ride. it's an instrumental tune, like a big band <laughs> version of the song Sleigh Ride. It kicks. I did a juggling routine for it for many years around Christmas time. Just worked it into the show. I'll play it for you later. It's on a cassette tape somewhere. Oh, wow. But thank you for, for bringing that out. And that or course, maybe some Mannheim Steamroller stuff. What's your favorite? Um, Honestly, the entire uh, Jackson 5 Christmas album is incredible. Oh, that's so good. I'm going to have to say Santa Claus is coming to town, though. Perfect. Yeah. Or Mary Did You Know, the Pentatonix version, also very good. Incredible. Or Mistletoe by Justin Bieber. Oh, my gosh, I completely forgot about that one. Very nice. There's a lot of great Christmas songs, mm -hmm. um, and those are some great pants, too. I, they just caught my eye. They're very fluffy and fuzzy, and they look like if you took a pair of tights and then you took all of the lint out of a dryer, and for over the course of many months, <laughs> you saved the lint and you glued it to a pair of tights. That's what those look like, and it looks like they're very comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> you always know how to give a compliment. Thank you. Well, it, you know. They're fuzzy. Mm -hmm. Lint, lint is very co fuzzy. When was the last cozy. time you cuddled up with some lint? <laughs> <laughs> is that what they mean by underneath the lintel? Okay. You know what? Let's let's roll the intro music and get on with the show. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> Mags and dads, wholesome chaos. Mags and dads, wholesome Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. It's episode number 23, and we are back at our Christmas set. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see that in full action, and you can tell it's changed just a little bit. Last week, we had a really cool animatronic like skiing thing in the middle of the table here, but it was making some noise, bleeding into the mics, and so we had to replace it with um, a picture frame and these Santa gourds. Not Does everybody do Santa gourds, or is that just our family? No, I think that's just a grandma thing. Yeah, this is, these were painted, designed and painted by my mother, Maggie's grandmother, Eddie's grandmother, Diana Thurman, who for many years, she may even still do it, like created these custom Santa gourds out of gourds, and they look beautiful. This one has a guitar and a <laughs> unicycle. I think that was probably Eddie's. Yours has a unicycle and some rollerblades. You that might have also noticed some other changes, meaning the thumbnail. <sighs> Yes. We have Christmas-themed thumbnails. You're so good at that. Thank and, and you. And what people may not realize is Maggie does all of the artwork 
on the show. Eddie does all the music, you know that. Shay does all the production. Like it's a full-on family event. I just show up. Like I basically show up and say whatever I want to. <laughs> yep. I think I've got the best deal anywhere. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm trying to do a different, like a little bit of a different Christmas thumbnail for each week. I love Christmas. This one, I think I have the elf ears. Is that right? Uh, reindeer, reindeer, reindeer antlers. Yeah. Yep. That's yes. It. Alfairs would be good though. Maybe next week. Maybe we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what kind of <laughs> what kind of mood you're in. Um, speaking of being in interesting moods and learning new things and trying new things, you got to be in some slack rope TikToks, and it had been yep. like years since you've been on a slack rope. Yeah. How did you enjoy that? Slack. If I'm being perfectly honest, slack rope is never something I've really crazy enjoyed. Um, Except for now, like it's now uh, it's no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I enjoy it more, but it's not something where I'm like, I have to get this. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, but yeah, no, it's interesting. I have a lot of childhood memories of frustration on it. <laughs> yep, because I taught you, or was I trying to teach you at home or in a class like at AWP or something like that? At home, yeah. backyard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's one of those things you really have to be in the right mindset for. Um, you have to relax into it. It's kind of meditative because you have to be... Fully at peace, relaxed, like a sack of potatoes. And for those who don't know what we're talking about, a slack rope is essentially like this kind of hard-ish rope uh, that is strung between two trees that you walk on. Yeah, unlike a tight wire, which is like really tight and rigid, doesn't move, so all of the balance happens from the top of your head, your arms, the balance pole. Slack rope can move, and so you really adjust with your lower part of your body, your center of gravity, your counterweight foot. Um, and I learned back when I was a teenager and I was, it was the kind of thing that was always at the Renaissance festivals. Mm-hmm. There were some amazing, like, like incredible rope walkers, Jimmy Ellis, Cliff Spanger, these guys who were incredible. Um, and then one year I needed a new act for the Renaissance fest. And so I decided to learn that. And Uncle Philip and I brought a slack rope with us to Maryland, strung it up in the between two trees, and just basically taught ourselves how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, really fun and very relaxing. And then it sort of evolved into slack line, which is very yeah, different. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like I see a lot of the stuff on TikTok. I have some friends who do the slack line, which they like do they? jump. Yeah, in I'm LA? Actually, yeah, I'm probably going to go out. Um and do that, oh, but they like jump on it and fall on it and flip off of it, and that's so cool. Yeah, I was in my probably 30s, like early 30s or late 20s when that was first introduced, and our friend Mitch Evans, Mitch and Rob, who are also two other performers, brought over this slack line, which isn't a rope, it's a webbing, it's like a, a climbing rope, a climbing webbing that you'd get from like a REI or some kind of a like climbing store. Hmm. And it's very springy, so yeah. people can like spring on it. We called it the death rope because <laughs> if your foot slipped off the side, it would like snap like a rubber band. And mm. I was just like, no, that's not for me. I like the three quarter inch Manila rope that hangs, and you could just stand on it and be at peace. And so maybe, hey, you might want to give somebody in your life a slack rope or a slack line for Christmas. It's a great holiday gift. What do you think? Or you could give them a skylight calendar. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. If you're looking for the perfect gift idea for an organized person in your life, then Skylight Calendar might be it. 
Yeah, or maybe for an unorganized person in your life who should be organized, but they're not, this would be great because the Skylight Calendar displays all of your family events on a simple touchscreen device. It's super easy to use and syncs to already existing calendars like Google, Outlook, and Apple calendars. So you can sync your most important events in just minutes. It's an easy way to keep family members in the loop and everyone will know what's going on. And you can use it to manage your grocery list, all kinds of chores, meal plans, basically any kind of internal family communication. Put it in the calendar so everybody knows what's happening. And there's a 100% satisfaction guaranteed. So if you don't love the Skylight calendar, you'll receive a full refund. As a family, we depend on our calendars, and we know the Skylight calendar will help you and your family stay connected and stay coordinated in all that you're doing. So now, as a special offer, you can get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight calendar when you go to skylightframe.com calendar and enter the code CHAOS. That's right. To get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight calendar, just go to skylightframe.com slash calendar and enter code CHAOS. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash calendar, promo code CHAOS. Do you enjoy getting gifts? Who doesn't enjoy getting gifts? Do you prefer giving gifts or getting gifts? There's no wrong answer. Hmm. I think I prefer giving them. Really? Yeah, I mean, getting gifts is okay, but nine times out of ten, I get gifts that I don't, I know, like almost immediately. I'm not going to use that. Or I, if I want something that I know what I want, I usually just get it. I don't <laughs> expect somebody else to guess what I want and give it to me. You know that, what I mean? That's why there's Christmas lists and getting to know people to know what they want. There is that, and and for many people, gift giving and gift receiving is like a huge part of how they feel. Loved. Yeah. You know, it's one of the love languages. Yeah, I definitely prefer to give gifts. I, it's kind of like when people sing happy birthday to you. When you're opening someone's present that they gave you in front of them, it's kind of like, what am, what am I doing? <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I know you're gauging my reaction, and it's just, it's interesting. Um, but yeah. So we feel the same way about that, basically. Is, the giving part. That like we, we enjoy. We both prefer giving. What is your favorite gift you've ever given? My favorite gift I've ever given. Now, you know that puts me right on the spot. Okay, my favorite gift I've ever given was when you helped me pick out um, mom's wedding ring for her 22nd year. Like, we renewed our vows in Banff, Canada. Mm-hmm. And I got to give her the gift, and it was this beautiful ring. Beautiful. Beautiful ring, and I got to surprise her because she didn't know it was coming, right? There was no holiday. Yep. And so I proposed to her, and then I had arranged for us to be remarried mm-hmm. in, you know, to each other, renew our vows in Banff, Canada by the mayor of Banff. Wow. That was amazing. I think you're leaving out a key part of that story where yeah, mom the, returned the wedding ring and got a different one because she didn't yeah, like the design. Well, I mean... <laughs> I, I told you you could, and, and, and you definitely, you're the one who's going to be with the ring the longest and have it on your hand, and so I'm totally cool with that, but we had our moment. We like picked out the ring we thought was amazing, and yeah, it was, it was a amazing. really pretty ring. And the, the other ring, the I one actually, you ended I'm up gonna with. I actually, I'm going to go and buy it today. <laughs> I'm going to go do that. I'm sure it's gone by now. Yeah. No, um, I think my favorite gift I've ever given was also to mom. Um, <laughs> she actually liked mine though. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> um, the Jim Gaffigan uh, tickets. That was cool. Well, that, that was really for both her. of us. Actually, no. It, well, I got to go. You did get to go. We told her she could take whoever she wanted though. <laughs> Lucky me. 
<laughs> yeah. See, so that that ring I gave her kind of paid off eventually mm. with the Jim Gaffigan tickets. Yeah, Jim Gaffigan is her favorite comedian, or at least it was. Is that still correct? Yeah. One of them. One of them. One of them. Probably you might say Kevin Hart now. I don't know. Totally. Sorry. Yeah, Kevin she said Hart. totally. Kevin Hart. We got to see Kevin Hart in Atlanta. At the Laughing Skull Lounge. I remember. I remember because you guys woke me up to that uh, that morning. I I forget which one of you came into my room. I was asleep. And (laughs) one of you said, you're like, we just got invited to go see Kevin Hart in like a workshop stand-up piece tonight downtown in Atlanta. And I was thinking, I was like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. Like, I'm so excited. And you guys go, so we're taking our friends. Can you babysit their kid? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, wait a minute. You thought you were getting invited. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty bad. You woke me up to tell me that. (laughs) We were excited. Like, you know, my buddy Waldo (laughs) is is part owner in the Laughing Skull Lounge. and, Mm -hmm. And basically... They got a call from Kevin saying, hey, I'm in town shooting a movie for a couple of months and I need a place to workshop some new material because he was working on a new HBO special. Mm. That was pre-COVID. And then, of course, you know, he did his set. And, and he was going to be like a regular person there. Like he would come out regularly and continue to work his act. Mm-hmm. Um, but then COVID sh- kind of shut everything down. Yeah. But we got to see him. And then we got to see a lot of that material later actually show up on the internet, on TikTok and on uh, ultimately in a special. That's so cool. It was really neat. Yeah, I bet. So so Christmas <laughs> lists. Do you have a Christmas list for this year? I do believe the Kevin Hart thing was actually Netflix special. I don't think HBO does stand-up specials. Yes, you're right. I stand corrected. It's okay. Um, but yeah, Christmas list. I, I don't really have a set Christmas list. Um, I know I had mentioned earlier that I kind of wanted a juicer. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe still that. I was also thinking like a coffee maker would be really cool. Um, like a cold brew maker? Do they? Well, the way you make cold brew is like you have to let it sit. No, there's, to- there's totally a cold brew maker. Really? Yeah. In fact, it's on Uncommon Goods. Is it? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so we could order that like relatively soon. And you know what promo code we could use? <laughs> 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 yeah, I do actually. So, if you haven't finished your holiday shopping yet or started, like me, don't panic. We've got a secret source for incredible original gifts, and that's Uncommon Goods. Uncommongoods.com has the absolute best gifts for everyone in your life. We're talking moms, dads, teens, in laws, besties, a special someone. And it's not stuff you can just find anywhere. Uncommon Goods has unique and creative gifts, often handmade by independent artists and makers. So skip the gifts that scream last minute and find something that is truly original at UncommonGoods.com. What, so have, you've been out to their site, right? Yes. But you didn't see the cold brew maker. No, I didn't see that. Okay. No, I love looking at their site. They have the cutest things. Um, something I saw that you might actually really enjoy, they have a, like, Truffle chocolate maker kit. Really? Where you can like make your own truffle chocolates. Hmm. It's so cool. It does sound good. Uncommon Goods looks for products that are high quality, unique, and often handmade in the United States. They have the most meaningful, out of the ordinary gifts anywhere. Uncommon Goods also offers uncommon experiences. Choose from live online classes in mixology, cooking, flower arranging, embroidery, and more from handpicked artists and experts. And with every purchase you make at Uncommon Goods, they give back $1 to a nonprofit partner of your choice, and they've donated more than $2.5 million to date. So 
To get 15% off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com slash chaos. That's uncommongoods.com slash chaos for 15% off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon goods, we're out of the ordinary. Yes. I don't have a Christmas list this year. Maybe I need to go out there and, and look at that and see what's on the website. Um, yeah. I did think of something I, I could really use and what? I've kind of needed for a few years now. What? It's a decent robe. A okay. bathrobe, a nice, warm, fluffy bathrobe. That's all I want, really. Honestly, I've been thinking about. I want a bathrobe too, but I want, I want like a, a silk, not not real silk, because that's really expensive. <laughs> but like something that looks like silk, kind of a robe. Um, robes are real nice. They make you feel like you're in a hotel, and are just very, very elegant, and it's so fun. Now, when you go to a hotel and they have robes, do you wear them? Um, I don't think so, actually. I have in, in the past. I feel like I have for sure. Yeah, maybe if I'm getting ready. Yeah, you know what would be amazing? What is a robe made out of dryer lint? Oh my gosh, you're right. I'll get you that one for Christmas. Yeah, yeah. You might have to make it yourself. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> and do a lot of laundry, oh or just my go gosh. to the laundromat and just collect other people's other lint. people's. That's so <laughs> grody. Oh my gosh, that was one of my. I so when I was on campus for college, that was one of the things I couldn't think about too much. The fact that everybody's mm-hmm. dirty laundry goes in these same machines. I I did not like that at all. I never thought about it when I used to do my clothes in yeah, the public and laundry mats. You take your clothes out of the dryer and you notice some hair that's definitely not your hair. Oh man. Yeah. So on that note, <laughs> so whether your project is building your own robe or sweater or whatever it may be, you know, I, I did want to get into a project and building story that we referenced a few episodes ago. Remember when I offered a bunch of different like past stories I and do. I let you pick one mm-hmm. and you picked the skeeching story, but one of them was about building a boat. So we got a, a comment from Ivo, or at least I think that's his name because his, his like, Username is Hey, it's Ivo, and he wanted to hear the building the boat story. Okay, so growing up in Chicago, Southwest Side, in this little neighborhood, little house, 28 foot lot, everybody knew everybody. And so I had my friends all around me, you know, Peter Parison and Steve Dabrowski and Nikki Tamborski and Eddie Cutts. Yep, we, yeah. <laughs> we got the idea. Sherry Sakura, Grass Street, so, uh, great names, great people. <laughs> Did I mention Chucky Martozzi? You didn't. Okay, Chucky Martozzi. The story wouldn't have been complete without it, so I'm yes, so glad exactly. you did. So, and there was no like video games. There's no Nintendo. So we just there wasn't Nintendo. Played. No, Atari sure? was starting to come about, okay, okay. and but not a lot of people had it. <laughs> so we we had to amuse ourselves. So one summer we had this idea that what we were going to do is build a boat and take that boat into Lake Michigan. Lake Michigan was like for us like the ocean. Mm-hmm. It's as big as, you know, it's a huge body of water. One of the Great Lakes, you can't see across the other side and there's always waves because of the wind because Chicago is the windy, windy city. city. Yes. And there's an origin about that name which we won't go into now, but um another story perhaps another time. So, we all decided we we're going to build the boat at my house in my backyard. Because I had some tools and I had some wood and like enough to get started. And so everybody starts bringing over all their lumber, their miscellaneous like scrap stuff and tools and nails. And and we just start pounding and building. And, you know, this boat's coming together. 
And we're talking about how we're going to take this on this huge adventure before school starts again at the end of the summer. Mm-hmm. At some point, we realized this monstrosity we were creating probably wasn't going to float. <laughs> and so we had our mothers saving milk jugs. Uh-huh. And so the idea would be that we'd seal the milk jug containers and we'd put them under the boat to help give it extra buoyancy. And that way we would survive. Float, yeah. Yes, actually. And maybe even go on an adventure somewhere. And so this happened, you know, and we laughed and we told stories and we told jokes and we, you know, got hurt and we, you know, bled and sweated and (laughs) under the Chicago sun. And at the end of the summer, everyone went home. We never sailed the boat and nobody was surprised. And here's why. It's because we always knew we were, we were building a boat, but we were never really going to sail the boat. Like there was this understanding that, yeah, we're not going to really do this. We're kind of just going through the motions of doing this. Mm. And I tell that story sometimes in my speeches to talk about the idea that a lot of people are going through the motions in their life. They're involved in like whatever they say they're going to be doing. They're starting a speaking career or building a business or they're going to become the best whatever. Or they're, you know, they got this dream and they're in the motions of doing the dream but they're mm-hmm. really not committed to it. Because, yeah. I mean, if you really were going to sail a boat on Lake Michigan, you know, that's not how you'd go about building it. You, you'd, uh, you'd do some research. You'd, <laughs> it probably wouldn't be the first boat you built. You'd mm-hmm. get some experts involved, and, and you'd learn a lot. So there's a different level of willingness and commitment that comes versus just going through the motion. So that is the story of how we spent our summer. And something, you know, I think that boat, we ended up taking it apart and putting it back in my garage and when we moved to Georgia, just you know, let it go. Let it go. And I didn't think about it again until I started telling that story. <laughs> That's funny. You like that story? Yeah, I think you should have like put it in a pool or something, though. Uh, we'd have to have a pretty big pool. How big is the boat? Well, it wasn't, <laughs> I don't know, maybe, maybe 20 feet by 10 feet. That's pretty big. Well, I mean, it was it was just kind of like stuff nailed together. <laughs> it didn't have a whole lot of design to it, you know. I remember when I was younger, um, my friend Kenzie and I. One time, we really got it in our heads that we wanted to fly, and so we like grabbed as many plastic bags as we could find in our house and just started jumping off of stuff. It didn't work. <laughs> With plastic bags? Yeah. Like around our arms and stuff. Like a like little mini parachutes. Yeah. How what were you jumping off of? Like stuff we could climb, like chairs and stuff. I think I've I had that same kind of thought process and yeah. experiment when I was a kid. And you're always like, ah, oh, just one more bag and I got it. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> well we that didn't way. use bags. But yeah, that what'd you can, use? I don't know. I want to say like a big sheet or something like that, like a big mm. parachute. Um did you, when you were in gym class in, in college or in uh, high school or grammar school or whatever, ever have one of those p- actual parachutes you could play with? Um, I want to say like preschool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, might, it was elementary school for us. Yeah, and we, maybe know, elementary school. And you could like, everybody lifts it up and you yeah. could run inside it and sit inside it and you're in your own little tent. Mm-hmm. And then you could like try to run across it. And, yeah. And people would fall and hit their heads on the hardwood. And that was, oh, <laughs> yeah, because you, you feel like you're on this big fluffy cloud. You trip, you fall, and you do a head first dive right into the floor. Yeah. Is I think this, that's probably why they stopped story? doing it. 
That's what <laughs> <laughs> um, it should be why they stopped doing it. Those those parachutes, along with, did you have the um, like little scooters, the floor scooters that were kind of just a square that you would sit on that were colorful? No, I know people who are listening know what I'm talking about, though. That is such a core, like elementary memory for me. That in passing out in gym class, <laughs> um, but yeah, those were those were good days. We just did a lot of playing on the playground, and we had this game we played with, um, like a rubber ball, mm-hmm. and and there was a box that was spray painted on the wall, like a brick wall, and that was the batting zone. So you'd stand in front of the boxes with a bat, and people would try to like pitch and not and strike you out and mm-hmm. hit the ball. So we had we played boxes, we played all kinds of stuff like that. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Did you have to run miles in school? No, not unless there was someone chasing us. <laughs> See, I that was one thing I really, really did not like about school is like ever since middle school, every Friday we were required to run a mile. Yeah. And they would time us. Um, and I run the same way I eat, which is means to an end. <laughs> like oh. I, I eat for my plate to be clean so I eat quite quickly because that's the goal so why would I not do it efficiently so you're saying you're more of a sprinter than a long distance runner no I would run a mile in like seven minutes I think it was like 704 or something was like my time for a good while Um, and then slowly it started to get longer and longer (laughs) and now when I'm at the gym I'm like I'll just take it easy and I run for like 0.4 miles and then I'm winded Um, (laughs) and that's an unfortunate fact I, yeah. I feel like I'm a little bit out of shape too. I started, yeah. like I was on the uh, elliptical in our basement the other day and I realized I was getting winded much more easily. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how quickly that goes away, but one of the things that mm. you and I have noticed like, is we can get it back pretty quickly when we are out of shape. Not like running, not cardio. Well, for me it does. I like, after, you like don't today, run. No, but today after this podcast, I'll be going to take my mountain unicycle down to Alexander Park and do the loop there. And you know, do three, four miles, and I'm feeling good about it because it's a sunny day. It's a pretty warm day. It should be pretty fun. You saying it's a pretty warm day? <sighs> it's not that warm. <laughs> <laughs> then maybe we should push each other in the pool and ask each other questions. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's like it's like <laughs> we keep putting that off to the point where I'm I'm hoping we put it off until you go back to LA. <laughs> what the heck? But when I come back for Christmas, it'll be colder. Yeah, you're right. I, I did come up with one question. For me? Yeah, to ask you. Okay. Uh, for the question, for the pool thing. You want to know something so interesting? Yes. Um, so, Blythe. Blythe. <laughs> Blythe. Um, she recently, she called me the other day and she was like, hey, you know how you told me you talked about me in a podcast? And I was like, yeah. She's like, did that podcast go live? I was like, yeah, why? She's like, well, I got a bunch of new follower requests <laughs> and I think it's so funny because it's not like we tagged her it's not like we said her last name all we said was Blythe um, so people found her through you, you yeah think? I guess you can see who I'm following on Instagram and stuff like okay. that but I think it just goes to show like our audience for the podcast is like our real audience you know yeah. what I mean you're, you're in the know like these are our these are our like people who are like going through life with us, and that's that's so cool. That's that's excellent, and they're the, also the ones asking us questions. Mm-hmm. We got some great questions this week, and I picked a couple that I think might be interesting to talk about. You ready, Mads? Yep. So this question comes from John, and John says, 
It's John, J-O-N, like my friend John Coles. A lot of <laughs> irrelevant, besides the play. How many names has my dad dropped today? A How bunch. many names thus far okay, in the podcast? Okay. <laughs> this question comes from John, and John says, a lot of my current friends are getting into relationships, and I don't get to spend as much time with them anymore. Although I'm happy for them, I've been feeling left out and lonely more often than not. What are some things you can do to combat loneliness? I often find myself binge watching or playing video games to combat the loneliness, and it doesn't seem very healthy. I'm a senior in college and about to graduate, and I'm scared of being lonely when I move out into the real world. That's from John. It's a great question. And the holidays could be a very lonely time for a lot of people. And in general, life in 2021, people are isolating a lot and um, you've probably had some experiences like that with people in your life in terms of friends who have relationships or periods of loneliness. Yeah, due to the fact that I've been uh, single for like five years. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely remember that in high school when like there there was a time when all my, like only me and one of my friends, Esley, were like the only ones single in the group because like my best friends like, Rachel and Annie and like Goldie, like everyone was in relationships. Now look who's name dropping. I don't, I don't say last names. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, like all, for the most part, like the majority of my friend group was in relationships and it didn't really bother me. Um, cause I was also friends with their boyfriends. Like we were all like kind of one big friend group. Um, and then I remember one time I, saw my friends hanging out without me and I was like really sad at first and then I was like oh they're on like a double date and then it like hit me that like that's something you're not going to be a part of mm. um that's like that's something that they can't include you in on that's something, like I don't know like it definitely does make you feel a little left out sometimes um and so I guess I'm supposed to say like how I got over that <laughs> Well, I don't know. I'm more curious about why you've been single for five years. That's probably what people are really thinking. <laughs> um, it's, relationships are so much work. They are a lot of work. And I, I don't know. It's just it's hard for me to have like emotional connections with people. I feel like this wasn't the question. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. I don't fall easily. I guess that's a yeah. And it and you can't force it. And you don't want to build a boat. You don't want to go through the motions of doing something that isn't really real. Yeah, for sure. And so why waste all your time and effort in that? Yeah. But in regards to John, in yes. a specific situation, I think there is an aspect of at least something I had to come to the understanding of is it's not them excluding you. It's something that's unique to them. And that's okay. Um, but also, especially around holidays, I get it. I would say surround yourself with friends, especially single friends who are also like kind of doing the same things that you're doing. Because there's so many coupley things I want to do around the holidays. And now I just go and do them with my friends. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, like we go see Christmas lights together. Yeah, so ice skating together. So maybe, John, that's a good idea is like reach out to some other friends who are single or people you just want to hang out with and realize. If it's if you're having that experience, it's very likely a lot, a lot of other people are feeling mm-hmm. that way too. And so when you're the one who reaches out, it's like you know the, the famous adage: the way to make yourself feel better is to help someone else. So put yourself in that situation. Um, also, 
be thinking about mind, body, and spirit. Like the whole notion is like if you are getting the sense that the things you are doing aren't healthy, they probably aren't healthy. Like that's good information and you should trust that judgment. So rather than binge watching another show or just going deeper into that isolation with video games, get out in the world, try something you haven't done before, learn a new skill. Um, you know, you're basically like Eddie's age, you're 22 or so, senior in college. And so, yeah, you can learn so much in the world. Like pick up a hobby, go try rope walking or disc golf or <laughs> with a know, spotter. Yeah, or anything that that appeals to you or something you say, "Hey, I might it might be worth a shot." Um, join a club. There's there's all kinds of different things you can do to get involved and mix and mingle with people. Um, and so push yourself into those in situations which may be uncomfortable, but if you limit yourself to what's comfortable, you deny yourself what's possible. Another thing you can do is go volunteer places. When you're caring for someone else, I honestly believe that that is in of itself a form of self-care as well. Because I think that that it helps helps guide you, helps give you something that's going to make you feel good because you're making a difference. You're helping other people, which in turn is also going to help you feel better. Absolutely. You know what I've been doing a good bit lately is I mentioned this a few podcasts ago. Is I was I've been playing more drums. Mm-hmm. I really have a desire to get back around among other people and musicians and start playing music together, which I did for many years, as you know, with church, but. Um, you know, I realized when I was down there playing drums, why I, I was asking myself, like, why haven't I done this in so long? And what I realized is, like, I'd seen so many videos on TikTok and, and other examples of people who were just amazing and talented and masters of percussion. And rather than that being inspirational to me, it was actually kind of discouraging because I was thinking, like, well, I, I can't be that good, so let's just let them do the drum thing and I'll do something else. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's it's like you see someone doing something that you want to do and they're absolutely incredible at it. And you see it and you're so inspired by it, but you're also so discouraged by it. Because it's like, oh, well, they're already that good. And it, it's comparison is what it is. It's mm. immediate comparison because you can't appreciate it without diminishing yourself next to it, which I do all the time. So how do you get past that? You tell me. <laughs> well, I mean, do you look for examples of people who are better than you, but not amazing? <laughs> like you, you, no, you see no, things that are approachable? I will say what I've been doing lately, because I have realized that that is an issue that sometimes I do get discouraged by people being so good at things that I'm working on, um, is literally just remove yourself from it. Acknowledge how big the world is, that they can be incredible at that, and you can also like be incredible. It's not one or the other. It's not immediate comparison. You're not, Mm -hmm. there's only one of you. You're not ever going to be exactly like this person. Yeah. Like so much of the time, literally, uh, we just watched King Richard's or is it just King Richard? King Richard. King Richard, um, which is about Venus and Serena and their dad. Um, and their whole William sisters, the tennis, amazing superstars. And something that stuck out to me was one of the coaches along the way, his whole thought process when he was talking to their dad was, okay, we're going to put him in this circuit, have him play this match and this match. We're going to do it exactly how we did it for this previous girl. Yes. Because the ultimate goal was to get her to essentially be her. To turn pro. Yeah, and it's it's like 
that's not going to work because they're not the same person. You can't look at somebody who's incredibly successful that you're looking up to and say, I'm going to, they're the blueprint. I'm going to be exactly what they're going to be. And I'm going to do exactly how they are going to do it. You're never going to, you're always going to fail then. Like that's just not how it's meant to be. Um, And so acknowledging their greatness, your greatness, paths are different to get there. And you don't need to compare yourself between the two. No, and I don't think you have to focus on the outcome. I like that's the discouragement happens when you th- see the example of greatness and you think it would be Im- almost impossible for me to get to that level of mastery. Rather than saying, how do I plug into the same sense of joy and wonder and curiosity and amazement wherever I'm at with the abilities that I have? Mm-hmm. Um, I remember one time someone told me when I was just, you know, I was taking guitar lessons and learning guitar. And they were like, guitar is amazing. Like, all you need is three chords, <laughs> and you can get into guitar and start having fun with it. And you can, like, in some way, experience a sliver of of what the whole picture is. Yeah, you know. And then you, you go down the rabbit hole, like Eddie, and you get to some level of incredible mastery with the instrument. Like Eddie's amazing abilities at guitar, I find, are in some ways discouraging to me. It's mm-hmm. like. I have a guitar in the house, but why would I play the guitar if he's around? Mm. Because I'd rather hear him play it yeah. and hear what it could be rather than me playing the same songs over and over again. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. but I, I totally get that. And I think that's something that practically everyone can relate to. Well, I hope so, because that's why we're doing this podcast. Yeah. It's to say stuff about our lives that may also relate to you. We have another question here, and this one's from Maddie. She said, my fiancé is deployed on a ship, so I am unable to contact him unless they're in port. It's not often. The last time was two and a half months ago. I'm really struggling. Any advice? Times are so tough, but when I see your guys' TikToks or listen to your podcasts, it makes me feel a little less alone. That's like the the nicest thing. thing we could ever hear. That's amazing, Maddie. Thank you for saying that, and I'm sorry that you're... Dealing with that separation right now with your fiance, I mean, it's amazing that um, that, he, that he's out there, you know, serving. That's an incredible sacrifice, and it's a sacrifice for both both of you. Um, I think a lot of people, when they think about people serving in the military and they thank the servicemen, they don't realize the sacrifice that's made by those who love them and the family members who support them. And um, I got a taste of that back in 2005 when I got to perform for the troops in the Middle East. Um, Iraq and Afghanistan, and I was only gone like a month, but there were people like in the situation that literally hadn't talked to their loved ones in many months and were missing their kids or missing their fiancés. And um, in terms of of advice, I would just say you've got to see this moment in the context of a bigger picture. You just have to. If you if you dwell in like what's going on now in this exact moment you can just isolate that mindset and think about how hard it is and and it could be very all-consuming. But if you think about it in the arc of like your relationship and your lifetime and what you can experience together and you realize that the time spent apart right now is making you uh, and him much stronger, then maybe that you could, you could really take great encouragement in that, knowing that it's a special gift that a lot of couples aren't going to get. And so you, you will know that when you're back together, um, your love and your relationship will be super strong because it has withstood this challenge. Um, and that's an amazing, great thing. And so maybe that idea um, could help you to get through it, but also like find a way to fill the, the void, find a way to fill the hours 
other friends, like some of the things we suggested earlier for John in terms of volunteering or something like that um, may help you as well. Yeah, I would say also just like really, really finding things that are going to make you happy every single day, even though you're apart. They can be the tiniest of things, but little things that are going to bring you joy. So it's not always a wake up to be counting down the days until like you guys are back together. Um, just find things that are also going to make this have this time separation also have happy moments, I guess. Yeah. I thought of one. Maybe keep a journal and maybe think of st- some stories that you're experiencing that you can tell him later when he's back home and he can help him understand what you went through in his absence and maybe you know he'll reciprocate and tell you some of the things he experienced and that could be useful as well. Or so, make vlogs, like little yeah. video diaries. And keep listening to the podcast too because um, <laughs> if that's working, you know, yeah. stick with it. Um, absolutely. And also share it with others. If this is helping you, maybe tell others about the podcast as well. That goes for everyone to help kind of spread the word and grow the, grow the word. What? Okay. (laughs) If you are enjoying this podcast, be sure to subscribe, follow along with us, um, tell your friends about it, listen to it with people. I don't know. Um, But yeah, you can also follow us on our other socials Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn for my dad, Snapchat for me. Uh, You can find us on pretty much any platform. And you can also find all of those places on our website, wholesomechaos.com. Oh, yeah. And at wholesomechaos.com, that's also where you can request um, a a question to be answered on the show live. You can also download some resources for your family to help you improve your communication. And also see links to all our sponsors as well as some other videos and content there. So go check out the website. It's super cute. I think you'll really like it a lot. So um, we're going to do another live podcast from our Christmas set. It'll probably change a little bit more next week. Yep. The thumbnail will probably change once again. So, yep. <laughs> so just stay tuned and see what happens with that. Amazing. And, and are you excited about um, what's going on in your life right now? I am. I'm really excited for the cup of coffee I'm going to get after this. That was We decided that was going to be our reward. Yep. <laughs> we both want a cup of coffee, but we're going to get through the podcast. And then we did. And we got through the podcast. Yep. And you know what we get? Coffee. Coffee. We will see all of you guys again next week. Take care, everybody. I love you, Mags. Love you, Dad. And we love you, too. See you next week. Bye. Mags and Dads, wholesome chaos. Mags and Dads, wholesome chaos. You know what I want for Christmas? What do you want for Christmas? A boyfriend? (laughs) I have a boyfriend. Really? No. (laughs) (laughs) As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.